Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Jonathan Pierce. The mad side of genius! Terry Alderton. <laughs> the Football Friendly. Hello everybody, welcome to JPNT, the football friendly, on the back of another incredible week of mm. football. And um, Mr Terry Alderton, have you been busy? Yeah, I've been chewing bread for the ducks up the local pond in, uh, in Rittle. It's a lot of work, it's a lot of work, but it's uh, it's been good fun and they're happy. So, you know, what a weekend though, football, Jonathan, my goodness. What a strange goodness. life you have. Well, I think it's pretty average. I'll be honest with you, uh, most times when you put on match of the day, the one, the game with the most goals goes up top, doesn't it? But... Which would have been your game on Saturday. Mm. But it was pushed back to third because, of course... Uh, well, it's mean, one the, of the... It's it's one, just, I know what you're going to say. It's one of the worst decisions I've ever seen. Um, let's let's bring in our guest because he's a guest of yours from the world of comedy and, and he'll have a view on it. You you uh, introduced your... Right, this your young man, I'll tell you, this this young man has only been going... I say young man. He's a young man, but it sounds patronising, doesn't it? This lovely young man uh, has been going only since 2018 as a comedian. And I tell you what, I did a gig with him probably, he's only been going probably six months. And, uh, you know, usually, Jonathan, you say hello and you're nice. And then the comedian goes on and you go, oh, that was all right. Or <laughs> little again, you know, as in they just talk about little. And then this young man went on and was uh, blew the roof off. And um, I was like, wow. This kid's good. And then, of course, he's gone on to host now Fantasy Football, and he's flying. And it's the wonderful Andrew Mensa. Hello, Andrew. Yes, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Well, two thanks legends. for being on. I'm on a podcast with two legends. <laughs> <laughs> People can't see you. We can see you. You're wearing a Palace shirt. You better explain that because you've got Palace in the family. Yeah, obviously, I've got Palace in the family. So I collect football shirts anyway. But I started collecting more Palace shirts because my cousin um, um, Eze plays, isn't it? He's the star man right now. So mm. I'm Palace. I'm an eagle right now. Feels good. <laughs> <laughs> it's you a nice think... shirt. They can't see that. Maybe we can take a photo of it and put it on the on the inst- uh, on the yes, oh, whatever. Well, 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 stuff. Four ninety five season. TDK sponsor. Do you know? Do you know? I've just twigged where I where I do not know you from from when you were at BT Sport because I do the French football for BT. Well, TNT as it is now. Yeah, that's yeah, where you yeah. came up through, wasn't it? And you, yeah, um, what, what you wore. Is yeah, that what? So, yeah. But even before that, I was at um, BT. I was an apprentice. I was making like teas and coffees and that, and heating up 
producers lasagna remember mm. that stupid shit <laughs> and then um I, yeah i ended up pitching the idea of, uh called what i wore which is about football shirts and then they just i started comedy around that same time um and then yeah they just let me like host it and then yeah so from there i've just been blagging my way through and you blag it well you blag it well that's uh, ben shepherd did the same things that ben was a producer like tea coffee run and that kind of thing and then walked it walked his way into uh the legend what, that he is. It's better to do that and work your way up and learn the business and learn the disciplines of the business than be thrust into a presentation presentation job by an agent, a pushy agent, when you've neither the ability uh, nor the nous to survive at that early stage of your career as a presenter. I'm not mentioning any names, uh, but there are lots of them out there. Um, anyway, we got to talk about this because uh, well, the, the the Tottenham Liverpool one. You know, no, so, well, look, it's Jimmy Savile all over again. We all knew, didn't we? I mean, come on. We, we all knew. We all knew. And all of a sudden they go, oh, yeah, it might. But I'm Jonathan, what happened? Come on. Yeah, what, how, did they, how did they get that wrong? How did they get that? Yes. Well, Simon Hooper was a referee and he was told he was told too late that um, the goal against Spurs should have stood. The VAR was Darren England. There's all sorts of rumours going on. Darren England thought the goal had been given and then said, review complete. Um, but he's got an assistant referee in there with him, an assistant VAR in there. You know, there's plenty of... It's a fail-safe system. Yeah. And it's not saving any fails at the moment because that's what should have happened. There's two men in the booth. You know, one of them hang on, hang on a minute. Oh, hang on. The goal hasn't been given. You got to tell the referee he wasn't offside, and um, you know, and and it's it's no excuse. There's another. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry from the PGMOL. Um, Liverpool have said, look, this has got to be reviewed. People are saying the game's going to be replayed. I cannot see that happening because that just opens a can of worms. How far are you going to go back? Should this game be replayed? Should that game be replayed? When Tottenham lost to Liverpool in the Champions League final, it was a big decision there. Well, that one be you can't you can't you can't do it. Well, look, can't it be given as a draw though? No. No, it's yeah, done. Yeah. Well, it would stand as a draw, though, wouldn't it? No, it's done, Terry. It's done. Move, move on. But you have I don't to move like, on. Personally, I don't like safe, like, how can I put it? Like, safe controversy. It's either let it be contra- controversial the whole time, no VAR. Or if you have VAR, make sure you get it right every time. Totally. The thing is about it for me, Andrew, is I don't like it at all. I yeah, like I I, I like the drama of, of, of human error. It's humans playing the game. It's humans uh, refereeing the game in the moment, okay? I know that the VAR is also human beings. I'm not stupid. But then the technology comes involved and all that. Look, if, it's a, if he's made a mistake and called it offside and it's not, then just get on with it. That's the fun of the game. It's what I've always loved about it. They've, they've also got to be careful, you know, referees travelling abroad all the time. You know, there's talk about these, these officials going out, taking games in the UAE, and then travelling back. Will it exhaust them? Look, hang on a minute. Referees from the UK and all over Europe travel for Champions League matches and then come back and do a Premier League game. No 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 one's fussing about them. But if mm. they're going out to work in the UAE, uh, UAE have got interest in an English club, then you're opening up a, another can of worms there because, you know, you're going to allow, if referees go out to Saudi, which they're now talking about, and be employed by the Saudi League, well, hang on a minute, and then come back to referee in the Premier League, when Newcastle are owned by Saudis, you can't referee a game. If you're being employed by the Saudi League, one minute, you can't come back and referee a game that could have a massive influence on a Saudi-owned club. 
So there's got to be more. The, the, the whole situation with referees and VAR has got to be looked in in more detail. And Jurgen Klopp, I thought, very eloquently made that point. You know, it's now time for resolution. It's time for proper mm-hmm. sit down about VAR, and um, you know whether or not they have an ex-player in there. I don't know. The the thing is, boys, you have someone else in there. You know, you've got a referee, two assistants, the fourth official, the VAR, the VAR assistant, a, an ex-professional footballer in there. That's seven. That's hmm. seven voices. People, yeah. That's seven voices. You know, I mean, I know you're both comedians, so you have voices in your head all the time. <laughs> The, that's, the, that's too many. the big, the bigger, the bigger point is what you're saying about the the number of people. What, so, what's the point of having the uh, lines people? Let's call them. Yeah, call, that's another thing. Like, what's the what point of they, having the what officials? They, what are they seeing that we're not seeing? That's what I don't get. Like, what are they seeing that they go, okay, no, nah, that's off. That don't make no sense to me. Like, what are you actually seeing that we're because we can see it even even in real time. That one was so clearly on. Mm. Yeah, it was. Even mm. in real time, we can see he's on. It's a goal. So what 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 are they seeing? Are they are they taking shrooms before each game or something like that? <laughs> We're not seeing. What, 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 what is in? I wasn't there. I didn't do the game. I did uh, Villa six, Brighton one. But what you what as a commentator at the ground and you and you you have a feed in your ear of the VAR, so you can hear what the VAR. Oh, saying. you can actually hear them talking to each other. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> I can't hear what the referee's saying back, but you can hear Ooh. the referee saying, uh, "You need to stop." Uh, delay the restart. Delay the restart. There's a possible red card for, for for serious foul play, or there's a possible red card for this, or there's a possible offside. Delay the re- restart, and then he'll go. And that's when you see the referee stopping like this and talking to the players, and then you'll, the, you need to go and see the screen. It's a subjective decision, or you need to go to the screen. Now, what has happened, it's not happening so much this season, but it has happened in the past. As the referees then go into the screen, you'll hear that you used to hear the VAR say something like, "What you will see is the Sheffield United six has has lifted his foot too high. It's dangerous play on the Tottenham four. Now, I've always thought that's prejudicial. Right, right, because they're now they're making the referees' mind up. Mm-hmm. Andrew, when they yeah. go across, they've already got perceived. And if you remember the sending off at Spurs on the weekend, uh, the, the the first sending off, when the he goes he over, over the ball, when he goes over, there's already a freeze frame on the screen, which uh, shows the foot high on the on the on the Tottenham player. So right. he's already seen. He see that's the first thing he sees. Again, boom, subliminal. It's in there, mm. and then he's he's going to make his mind up on that. You know. But to be fair, that I would I I said to myself straight away, that's he's got to go for that. I think the way yeah, he took see that, see that, see that, but that one is is more like okay. I can see people saying it's hard. I can see people saying he has to go, but the offside one is just it don't make no sense. No. I I thought it was a red card by the way because the way he turned his boot, I think he knew what he was doing. Um, listen, uh, did you go to a game at the weekend, Andrew? No, I wasn't. I normally go to Palace every week, um, but if I'm gigging somewhere, they were away at Old Trafford, of course. And I was just gigging in London, so I wouldn't be able to get back in town. The most so, annoying thing, I tell you, Jonathan, is when you're in that hometown, where, so like Palace, when you're in Manchester and they're playing down at Palace, it's the worst thing, isn't it? And yeah. <laughs> you're like, yeah. oh, God, it just happens to me. You st- well, I say it happens to me. Come this Tuesday, it may never happen again. But, um, yeah, the amount of times it happens to me with being a South End fan, I'm like, I'm in, I'm in Rochdale, and Rochdale playing South End at South End. Remind everyone, Terry, what's happening Tuesday? So, uh, yeah, Tuesday uh, is could be the last game for Southend United, uh, and we play 
Oxford, Oxford, oh, get this, Oxford City, <laughs> Oxford City, not even United. Wow. So, uh, what's happening there? What's happening there? Well, Scunthorpe are gone, so we have to put that out to the Scunthorpe fans. They've gone now as well. So that's another SUFC team. Uh, we're just being completely um, ripped apart by the ownership, and uh, it looks like we're gonna we're gonna go under, Andrew. So that's gonna be another team. So if you go under, yeah, yeah, what team will you support? Well, I won't. I won't. What I might do is, I mean, this is a question that all fans have to go through, I suppose. Who would you support? But I, I won't. I won't support anyone, Andrew. But what I would probably go and do is go and watch my local team, which is Chelmsford. If I'm oh, going to go okay. and watch, it's up the road. I wonder, I wonder if you fold Southend United Football Club fold, Terry, on Tuesday or whenever it'll be. Whether it'll be the 4th, I think. I think the, the court date's the 4th. Whether the supporters would do a bury and, and uh, you know, an order shot and, re, and reform a club under a slightly different well, name. Well, that, that I would get into well, massively. A- AFC Wimbledon, MK Correct. Don. I mean, there's a, there's, yeah. a, there's a great story. I mean, yeah, absolutely 100%. If that became the case, and I would obviously get involved with that. But um, other, other than that, I won't support anyone. See when Bristol City when Bristol City nearly folded back in 1982, uh, it became the new club became Bristol City uh, FC and then in brackets 1982 Limited. I always thought they should have called it Bristol City uh, FC brackets the future European champions, <laughs> and uh, it's never quite worked out. Here we are, 41 years later, and we but still haven't got anywhere near. Can I ask you like? With so much money in the game on mm. like relatively all levels, how does a club fold? Like, well, I what, think what, where are they not making money? Is it in the tickets? Is it in the TV? Like, what's going on there? Who knows? Who knows, Andrew? You don't know, do you? Because I don't. I don't honestly know. But there is that thing. I do argue now why the likes of, uh, say, I don't know, Tottenham's or West Ham's. Why can't they now start buying teams like Southend and playing? You know, they're uh, they're twenty threes that are sitting around waiting to play games. You know, and um, like yeah, uh, like Barcelona doing whatever you. I mean, I think it's got to get to a place. I mean, as a fan, would I like that? Probably not. But if I want my team to survive, then probably I would. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not keen on that okay, at all. Jonathan, no, nor am I, Jonathan. But but I'd rather than, than them go out. <laughs> Say again, Andrew. He's not. Jonathan was not convinced on that. <laughs> no, he's not convinced on that. But I'm just saying, what, there's, unless of course, then the bigger teams start feeding money down to the smaller clubs. I mean, you know, then there should be some. I don't know, some sort of tax, but I don't know what it would be. But it's it's a it's, it's a house of cards. You'll watch. It'll, I don't don't and don't think Premier League teams aren't uh, you know away from this. The likes of teams can come down like Huddersfield, for example, and just start plummeting. You know, it's, yeah, yeah. no one's safe from any of this. You may go, oh, we've got 100 million in the bank, but that's gone in no time. Ah, uh, it's just awful. Anyway, this is a cheery one, isn't it, today? Poor old Andrew's come <laughs> on a cheery note. <laughs> Who would you support, Andrew, if you had to, if you didn't have Palace then? Do you know what? My local team is Charlton. Ah. My local team is Charlton, yeah. But the thing about Charlton, I used to go to China as a kid and, like, I had to stop going because the, the football was so rubbish. So it didn't make me want to love. It didn't right. make me love football. I was there when Van Persie scored that goal. Do you know the the volley? Mm-hmm. Yeah, wasn't wasn't Pauli there then? Was Chris there? Pauli manager when you used to go? Yeah, so that sank, that sank Charlton that day. That volley, the oh, right. Charlton. They've never been back since. Way way way, way back, way before uh, you were around, Andrew, and possibly Terry. They, Char- Charlton Athletic used to have this South Bank. 
and it used to my my old man used to take me to grounds i think i mentioned it on the podcast a couple of weeks ago he, he took me to fratton park portsmouth just to hear what's called the pompey chimes from the fans and we went to charlton athletic um just to see that south bank and for me it just went up and up and up to heaven it was just so mm. big. It was so it was so so big. So we went there. Can't even remember the game. I just remember. I think it was nineteen sixty seven, sixty oh. something like that. And we just and we just I just saw oh, amazed, you know. And whenever I worked, when I was at Capital Gold, the, our relationship with Charlton was absolutely fantastic. The um, the directors and everything, and the, when Kirbyshire was manager, it was, we had such a relationship with them. But we, I might have told you this story before. I can't remember. Stop me if I have. But we did a game there, Tony Gale and myself, and we had this link with Charlton Athletic, right, where we, we were commercially linked with them. So our commentary was was going out to uh, the ground and, and various things, and we were doing this commentary, and uh, I was, was at home. Graham Pohl was the referee. Remember Graham Pohl? Yeah, yeah, and, double uh, cards. Yeah, I didn't really like Graham Pohl much. <laughs> anyway, so um, it gets to half time, right, and we take an advertising break, and Tony and I were talking... In the advertising break, we're going, what about Graham Pohl? And, and, and Gailey's gone, you know, what an effing wanker, what an effing wanker. Complete <laughs> effing me. scene, Please all this sort of stuff. Online. Well, anyway, so there's a front row of the stand, and they're all doing this. They're all jumping up and down and celebrating all this sort of stuff. And we're carrying on going. We're looking at these going, what are these people, what are they on <laughs> down there? What are they on down there? <laughs> well, look at them. They're, they're a bit mental. Anyway, the steward runs up and goes... You're still broadcasting to the Charlton blind supporters, the special link that Capital have set up with the blind supporters of Charlton. You're oh. still talking to them live. We didn't know anything. We didn't know this existed, right? So we're going, apparently, we're now still, we're, uh, we're, we're still, uh, this, we're off air. We're not on air. But to them, we were. So, yeah, apparently, we're broadcasting to you lot down there, aren't we? Yeah. They're jumping up and down. What do you think of Graham Pohl down there? They've all stood up. <laughs> and as one, they've done a certain Coffee shakers. Coffee shaking. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, so we uh, we, we enjoyed Charlton. Anyway, Andrew, how's Abby? How's, how's uh, Abby Eze, your cousin? How's he at the moment? You speak to him? He's good. I was with him uh, yesterday. We went out uh, yesterday, little um, family little uh, outing. It was. He's good, man. He's doing well. He's like, obviously Zaha's left, isn't it? Mm. So he's now like taking on that mantle as the main guy. So I think he's the thing about Ebbs though, like he's always even like growing up, he always like um relished relished being the guy and relished the challenge. Mm. So like when we was playing football on the estate, I would we all be playing good and then when the older kids came and was like show us a little thing, most of us would show, whereas he would excel in that. So right, I feel right. like it's gonna be like a big, big year for him coming out of like the Zaha shadow because Zaha is Palace's greatest ever player you know what I mean he's just like he was the guy so now that he's gone it's now like his time and he's kind of he's kind of relishing in, in, in that in that life can I be really thick and ask uh, I only do a football podcast where did Zaha go Galatasaray uh, Galatasaray yeah that's interesting that he went there was I that a money thing people think he was going to go Saudi but he want to play Champions League innit yeah and he yeah. came. He came. He came on the other day in the first group game. Came on and effect in the in the in the first group game as well. Did uh, <coughs> Zaha now? Ebbieze. One thing I'd like to ask you about. He's a Greenwich boy, isn't he? He yeah, comes yeah. from South London. What was he like when it wasn't working for him? Because not a lot of people know about. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I've got, I've got a war going on in here. Hold on. 
this is life going on, isn't it? Yeah, real life, real life. Terry's sort of, he's got his problem with his dogs. He's now. I'm not too sure whether that's Terry's dogs or Terry doing an impersonation of his dogs. You can leave that one. I'll cut that out. It's up to you. Yeah. What was Abby like when it wasn't working for him? Because not a lot of people realise that Abby was at Arsenal as a kid, rejected. Fulham as a kid, rejected. Reading as a kid, rejected. Millwall as a kid, rejected. Before he went on to Queen's Park Rangers. What was he like during that period? The same guy. Like, obviously, like, we obviously we grew up in like a very religious kind of family so we always just it's a, like faith is like a big thing for all of us mm. so it was always about his journey rather than failures and it was like you know this path that he's on is just the path that god has like taken him on and it was just like he was never never wavered never Wonderful. felt like he wasn't gonna make it never gave that impression ever um even like even like I took him to his first training session at QPR mm-hmm. the first day he was on trial. I just I just I just joined BT and I was an apprentice at BT. I got my first paycheck and I I basically saved three months and got a car. Got a little Renault Twingo <laughs> and I couldn't I had no petrol in it. <laughs> so uh, his older sister calls me saying, could you take a barrier to like, QPR? And I've basically told Kelechi, like, I can't, like, I have no petrol. So she gave me £10 to put oh. in the petrol. So we literally drive, I drive through central London. Um, I didn't know about congestion charge, any of that. So I've still, I've, he still owes me that congestion charge. <laughs> <laughs> so we drive, we get there. And like the whole journey, it wasn't like a guy thinking, oh, this is my last chance or they're not going to accept me. It was just a guy who thought, I'm going to play football and I'm happy to play football. And it, that it was just, he always had confidence that he was going to, he was going to get through it. And I feel like all the times he got rejected, it had nothing to do with his footballing ability. But people don't know that Ebbs was really, really small as a kid and like really flimsy in that. So like technically he was always like one of the best, but he was just like get moved off the ball sometimes. Um, but I feel like at that period he started growing and started getting bigger, started being in the gym. So we just, I just kind of knew, like, once that, once that kind of crosses over, he'll be, he'll be, he'll be fine. And yeah, so like, he was, he was honestly like, how he is now, his temperament, he's like, he's never like too high with the highs and never too lows with the lows. So he was just always like, just like got a job to do sort of thing. That's a great story. It's just approved, isn't it, to everyone, just never give up, really. I mean, that's just a great story. My my first paycheck in broadcasting was... £16 from BBC Radio Bristol a game, right? That's slave money. I never got petrol money. (laughs) I never had petrol money. I was at university at the time. But say say I've had to go to Hartlepool from Birmingham. I'd have to drive up there on my own money and come back. So £16 rapidly became minus £1.5 to where it was. You know what I mean? Yeah, I remember. uh, Go on, sorry, John. And my first paycheck when I was in full-time broadcasting was £100 a week. Tell you? No, I remember going up to Newcastle for a tenner when I first started, and I got all the way up there. And then same thing as you, Andrew. I had no petrol to get back, so I couldn't call my mum or anything because it was too late after the gig. So I found a little village that was had a little dark sort of car park, which I pulled over and you know laid back in the car. I thought I'd keep here until the morning, and then there was a there was a street light. I remember this. It was a street light. <laughs> booming down on me and i'd been uh took some you know uh, clean bits with me so i put the pants 
uh, my clean pants from my bag on my head. And then I, wow. <laughs> I woke up in the morning to people just walking around my car. I parked right in front of a really well-to-do church. So <laughs> these people go into church on the Sunday, and there's me in the back of this car with just pants, boxer shorts on my head. <laughs> so yeah, and then eventually, Mum gave me some money, and I got home. But yeah, the things haven't changed much for you then, really. No, 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 no. I still earn nothing and walk around with pants on my head, crying though these days, <laughs> crying into them. <laughs> What's uh, your what, what about you, Andrew? What, have you had a a, a, got a gig experience? The Howlers, yeah. I remember one time I drove, I think I drove to Stratford upon Avon on a Tuesday. On like a Tuesday, I just drove three hours, got there, and I get there, the gig starts at eight, I get there at seven. So I walk in, there's no one there, of course. The guy goes, Oh, yeah, the gig starts at eight. I was like, Oh, yeah, sweet. So I go to like a Weatherspoons, I get something to eat, I'm chilling, whatever. So I get there around, let's say, eight, five to eight. And still nobody is there. So now it's eight twenty. No one's there in it. So oh. I said to the guy, like, "Yo, bro, like, you didn't know anyone. <laughs> you didn't know anyone's coming." And he was just like, "No, I'm sorry, like, you know, it's a Tuesday, rest of here." So I was like, "Bro, I just drove three hours and that." He's like, "Yeah, I still pay you and that," but he was paying me like forty quid anyway. So oh. I was just like, "You know, what? okay, I'm gonna go." As I'm walking out, this this lady comes in and she's pushing a guy in a wheelchair. And they're like, oh, like, we're here for the comedy. <laughs> and they so. literally, so the guy looks at me like, what are you saying, bro? And I just said, I'm not, I'm not as well. <laughs> so I just, I kind of brought them on stage with me. And this, I did, I just said, I've got these ideas I want to talk about. <laughs> we just had a writing session, basically. <laughs> <laughs> And I drove uh, home that night just thinking, what am I doing with my life? Now? Uh, I, I think we've got to take a break. We've got to take a break. We'll come back and talk about yeah, yeah, football break time. Yeah, lovely. Back in a moment. The Football Friendly. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. 
Welcome back to JP and Tina Football Friendly. Andrew Mensah is our guest today. Um, Palace fan because his cousin's Abieze. And also, Fancy Football has been back with us. And uh, you're very much part of that. And uh, just tell us about that. How's that going? Because, goodness me, that had a tradition. That had a legacy, didn't it? Mm. Uh, before I go into that, Jonathan, you know, it's mad. I'm hearing your voice and you're talking to me. I've been listening to you since I was five. <laughs> on match of the day. That's crazy. But, yeah. <laughs> Oh, this is mad. I can't even lie. I know. Um, it's, it's still mad for me. Still mad. How, voice, how old? voice is too iconic, bro. Do you know that? <laughs> do you know what? Do you know when, my, when I'm a, you know, I still feel very young at heart and I still love my football. But when I'm doing a game, uh, like I did, uh, I did Villa Brighton at, at the weekend and young Jack Inchwood made his debut for Brighton, right? And his great granddad, Wally played for Bristol City and Chelsea. And I remember his great-granddad. Oh, wow. <laughs> then, then his granddad, Paul, I remember seeing him play, and his great-uncle Martin, and his dad, Adam, I commentated on him playing for Brighton Hove Albion, and now I've commentated on Wally's great-great-grandson. And then when you, you think, you know, and then all the 42 years I've been doing it suddenly come back into focus, you know, and you yeah. think, wow. I am busy. I'm. I'm. I think I'm the oldest now in in terms of mainstream TV and radio. Because Ma- Martin Tyler, I think, is he says he hasn't retired, but he's not doing it at the moment. Yeah, Quite yeah, yeah. I don't know what's happened to him. But anyway, thank you very much for that compliment, Andrew. You made me feel. No, yes, man. Made me feel bloody ancient. Thank you very know. much. <laughs> How old are you now, Andrew? You're only a baby, aren't you? I'm 28. I just turned oh, 28. Yeah, baby, baby, baby. Um, um, right, what was the question? Football, oh, fantasy, fantasy, football. fantasy football, yes. Mad. It's like, I couldn't believe that. So, like, obviously, I didn't really know. Obviously, I heard of fantasy football, Frank Skinner mm. and Badil. Because, you know what it is? I didn't... Re- so, I went to... It was like a mad full circle moment. So, I went to Wembley in the Euros when England beat Germany. Do you remember the 2-0 game? Mm-hmm. And they were, like, in a section above me, Badil and Skinner. And everyone, like, they came and everyone was clapping for them because obviously the song was 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 big that year because we thought we was gonna win it. Um, and I was thinking, who the, who are who the hell are those two old guys? People are clapping for. Right? <laughs> They're not footballers. I would have known who they were, innit? So I was like, Frank, that's Frank Skinner and David Badil. I was like, wow. So it's like, yeah. So then, like, a couple months later, I get a call from my agent basically saying they want to bring back fantasy football. Producer would like to meet you. So I was like, yeah, sounds cool. And then. Literally the next day, she called me again. Like we agreed a time, and then she called me again saying, "Could I move the time to like three p.m. because Matt Lucas wants to meet you?" I was like, "What, Matt Lucas? It's mm-hmm. crazy." So yeah, we had a we had a meeting, and normally like I've done loads of those. Like Terry, you know, like you do loads of those production meetings. You're in and out twenty mm-hmm. twenty minutes. You're, they're seeing like ten people that day, but literally me, Matt, and Spencer Milman, the producer, was just in there for like four or five hours just talking. Oh. Literally just talking football and comedy, really. And we just had built that connection sort of thing. And obviously it was a bit surreal because, like, obviously Little Britain, Matt's like a childhood hero of mine. Um, and then uh, we, I met Ellis James, who I'd known on the cir- who I'd known of on the circuit. And then we just kind of just, like, all form- formed a, a, a little bond. But then I, I just, doing some research for the show, I was reading Frank Skinner's book, but I didn't realise how monumental the show was back in the day because obviously when it was aired that it was 93 I wasn't even born so it's yeah. like um, then I was just like okay we just got to do do it right and, and not make a, like a mockery out of like 
you know, something that was proper iconic. And they, they gave us their blessings. And then, yeah, it's just kind of like changed my life in a sense of that. Because as you said, Jonathan, you, you met me at like the, at BT and I always felt like my comedy and my football was like separate. Do you know what I mean? I was like presenting and then I'd go do gigs somewhere in a village somewhere. It was like fantasy football kind of was like the mesh between the mm, two right. worlds I was in. Yeah, yeah. I did the uh, I did the eye dance for that, you know, for Sky. I, so I knew you were in it because I did all the pre, all the you know, coming on Sky this Friday. Fantasy no football is back. Yeah, I, I did all that. Yeah, so I knew it was. I was like, oh, Ellis James, and there was like Matt Lucas, and I was like, oh my god, Andrew. So I saw your little face come up on the screen in front of me because when you do the voiceover, you get you know. So I have to wait for you to come up and say, and Andrew Mensa. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, so oh, it's quite you. crazy. Yeah, it's me doing that. Yeah. Fucking hell. Oh, fantasy on Sky. Sky. I can't remember what the voice I was doing. It's either that or one of those kind of voices. Fantasy football is back. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> they used to, uh, in the original, I don't know if you saw runs of the original one, they, a friend of mine called Angus Lockram. Um, yeah, yeah. Angus not, came he's on. He's not been well. Stato. Yeah, Stato. Stato yeah. He's not been he well in, yeah, in, in recent years. He used to, I mean, it was bizarre. <laughs> if you remember, he, he used to stand in the kitchen of fantasy football in his pyjamas. And uh, he'd have his pyjamas on and a dressing gown, I think, and just spout off uh, footballing facts and stats. Uh, and Angus has got them all up there. He's brilliant on horse racing as well. Big friend of Sir Alex Ferguson. And, um, and yeah, he was like made Stato's name. And Jeff Astor, they used to do the, the reruns. Remember when they used to set up famous, famous goals from the past? So. Yeah, it was a, it was a yeah, yeah, yeah. So is it going well? It's going well, yeah. So we had, we kept like a load of those elements. So like our show still has Phoenix of the Flames. Yeah. Um, We still have like, you know, Jeff used to come out and sing at the end of the show. So yeah, um, right. you have Lee, Lee Trundle, the ex-Swansea um, City player that does that because he's Ellis's James's hero. Yeah, he's um, a good lad at Leeds as well. He's a great yeah. lad. What what a flipping skill skill machine all he was. Yeah, yeah, just prop, like street footballer. Stupid, like stupid, yeah. So yeah, we kept. So it's been going well, and we're coming back next. We're coming back in January. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Is this? Is this? It's it like some days I can't believe. Like I'm just talking shit about football, and I'm getting paid to do it. It's just like <laughs> it's an absolute dream. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's great. It's great, mate, and you deserve it. You deserve it, Andrew. Like Thank I said, you. if people haven't seen him, they should see him live as well. He's a really brilliant comedian. Thank you. I appreciate really, it. Really, very good. Do you, get hammered? Do you get hammered, though, for your opinions? Because that's the major difference now uh, with the social media coming through. You know, you, I mean, as a commentator, you, you can't, you, people go, do you get upset by it? And I don't get upset by it because I've got broad shoulders and I've been around long enough. And, and also the fact that whatever you say, whatever you say, uh, you're going to get hammered, you know. I said, yeah, I said, um, for me personally, like obviously growing up in South London, it was it, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it, it was really tough, innit? And I've been in like crazy situations. So someone talking shit about a joke or opinion I have that does nothing for it doesn't like it's not serious. Do you know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> I just don't take mm. it serious. It doesn't like affect me in any way, sort of thing. Um and also like these people don't know you, these Correct. people are just like hiding behind their little mill um like profile picture you don't even know who these people are do you know what i mean so mm. it's just like i kind of just ultimately know like if my intentions from a joke are pure if i don't mean any ill malice behind it then fuck you that's how i look at yeah. it yeah well the thing is as well you know uh, as someone once said to me you know it's when it's when the people who you care and love start calling you an arsehole that's when you got to worry 
Mm. Not people you don't know. You're right. They don't know you. Yeah, they don't know you. Or they just want, some people just want a reaction. Like, yeah. I, um, I posted a clip of... of um, I posted a clip where I asked a few people, like, who's the most overrated footballer? And a girl on the show, like, gave an opinion. And then some guy just wrote a mad sexist comment. And it's just like, he just wants a reaction from yes. me. Do you know what I mean? He don't actually mean what he's saying. He just wants to be controversial. And a lot of people are like that, you know? Mm. And that's like the, the the downside of social media. It's like, people just feel like, oh, let me just poke at this guy just because I can. And there's no consequence for them. Do you, know, do you know, I heard on the radio last night an Italian journalist saying, uh, talking about the Napoli thing was Osimhen. You know, and this thing that came on TikTok. It's, it's, what, the uh, coconut thing? Uh, blatant. Have you he, not he, seen he, it? it? It's I'm absolutely not. unbelievable. Uh, it's, it's terrible. It's shocking on so many levels. It's unbelievable. It's, it's, I couldn't it, believe it. It's so many, it's so <clears> wrong. And the, and the journalists were saying, yeah, but you've got to understand the Napoli TikTok account. They, they do this. They take the mickey out of their own players. That's not and, taking and, the mickey. That's just right, beyond. And, and he was defending it. it well, he, wasn't, he was saying, I, I'm, not, I'm not defending it, but this is what you have to understand. They've got millions and millions of viewers on, on TikTok. It's blatantly racist of their own player. And it suggests to me that Osimhen and Napoli will part ways in January and they possibly want that to happen. Well, even worse for him as well. Coconut, is, uh, as Andrew will tell you, is... That's even that's even deeper yeah. than just being racist. Because <laughs> yeah, so you're actually pointing out something about the man amongst his own society, if you like, his own yeah Shocking. people. I don't think someone has quite realised. I don't think they realise the connotation of the coconut between uh, the black community. I don't think they've even taken that into account. Andrew, would I be wrong on that? Yeah, no. It's obviously, when you see things like that, it's just someone who's like, is not culturally in tuned or doesn't understand. Mm. those nuances like you're saying yes exactly and it, and it, and it's deeper for him you know because he, he must be thinking what, what am i a coconut what the? yeah it's not yeah, he, exactly. it's be, that's how i think he would be thinking he'd be thinking what or, when would when did i become yeah, a coconut when, when did this who's 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 who thinks whereas most idea. white people will be thinking you're calling a black guy a coconut and that's not right that that's it's big it's deeper than that andrew yeah you, i'm sure. right aren't i i think i think what just well you know we, we don't often do deep things on this podcast, no. Andrew, because we haven't got the frames <laughs> to do it. This show's been a bit deep, though. I thought it was But you've got a panache on. So what I'm going to say yeah. is, while we're here, we need to pay tribute to Stevie Koppel because, you 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 know, your cousin plays for a football club that made huge strides. And uh, Stevie Koppel brought in Bright and Wright and and Andy Gray and, and, and Richard Shaw, and they had a lot of black players at the time when clubs didn't. And and therefore a lot of black fans started coming to Sellers Park and you know where they hadn't and and, he, and I think Stevie Coppel for loads of reasons he's one of my heroes was as a player and uh, and was as a manager and I think just while we're playing talking about this serious thing we need to pay tribute to him I think and uh, well done Stevie Coppel well done Palace he so, had a horse named after you know Stevie Coppel and my mate my mate Kevin Healy who's an Irish lad he runs a uh, brilliant gig out in Ireland, in Galway, one of my favourite places in the world, in fact. But yeah, there was a, a horse called Stevie Coppel, and because he, he was a big Man United fan, so they always used to just put lots of money on Stevie Coppel. Come <laughs> on, Stevie! Uh, wait, wait, talk about Irish. Sorry, this is back to friendly now. Have you seen the clip of Shane Lowry at the, at the Ryder Cup? Well done, they were brilliant. It was gripping TV, gripping radio. He's, he's about to take a shot right uh, in the light rough, and, and, uh, and, the, and the crowd's behind him, and the steward's gone. The steward's gone, shh, shut up now, shh, 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 quiet now, quiet now. And Shane Lowry turns around to the steward and goes, listen, you're making more fucking noise than they are all put together. <laughs> and then gets on with it. <laughs> Which is how golfers change, because I think 
if a man, a golfer, used the F word in years gone by, he probably would have never played golf again. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, it was great. I loved the Ryder Cup. Fantastic. Oh man, have you? Uh, have you? Are you going to go on a little tour, Andrew? Or do you think you're going to you're going to use this uh, this yeah, elevation? No. Yeah, man. I'm just working on um, my first hour now. I'm doing like loads of previews. So at the end of hopefully the end of next year, I'll be I'll be trying to take a tour. But obviously, I need to take my time because Terry, you know how how hard it is to to for a good hour, isn't it? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, gonna, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to be that guy that has people come and go. Yeah, but he was he was kind of rubbish. I think it takes ten years to get your first good hour. Do you reckon? Yeah, because you work on th- you you think about it. You'll do loads and loads and loads of material over the years, and then after ten years, you'll go, "Oh, that was you, that was brilliant," and no one re- will remember that bit. And then you'll cobble together all together, your greatest yeah. moments. And they go, "Oh, you're doing the greatest hit show." It's not the greatest hit show. You're going to go out there and blow it away with the greatest stuff that you do because you enjoy doing it. Yeah. So and that takes a long time to get that that pure. That's why, like when, um, like when Mickey uh, Flanagan for everyone else, um, you know, hit, hit it, and everyone went, "Wow, this is amazing." Well, you got to remember he was forty nine by the time he did that. You know, he'd had yeah. all that. Well, he, he'd uh, been on the circuit for years before. Yeah, so he'd been. He started late, to be fair, but he started when he was about thirty eight. So he had about eleven years to fall of a sudden go, "Wow, this guy's good." You know. Yeah. And that's kind of kind of how I want it. How, how I want to do it. I don't want to just like, like. You haven't got to rush it, Andrew. You're only twenty-eight. Yeah, I don't want to you rush know, anything. You don't need to rush it. You know, I know. <laughs> you know, even if you took it, took it, yeah, took it out and about and thought it's not ready yet. Don't rush it out until you truly think to yourself, right? I want to take this around the place now. And Terry, I'll ask you this. And yes. you know, we've known each. We've been friends for so many years. But I don't have ever asked you this question because you have your style and the way you do it, which is absolutely unique. But do you ever watch and and you so you have that that direction? Do you ever watch anyone else and and even you know at this stage of your career you've been around for years? Oh, I like the way he does it, so I might incorporate not 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 his material, but the you way you mean like the the um oh god, what's the, thank yeah, you, style. Andrew. Uh, no, no, I tell you what happened to me. <laughs> No, no one inspires the great Terry no. Alderton. <laughs> it sounds like a right wanker. <laughs> I am. No, I tell you what is for me. <laughs> what happened to me was I, I t- like you say, if people know what I do, they know. But if you don't, I can't bother to explain it. But it is unique and different. Yeah. But what I think for me happened was I fell across things like I found uh, what uh, bo- uh, Born Standing Up, which is a brilliant book by Steve Martin, and read that. And then I found the likes of Andy Kaufman, Kaufman, however you want to call him, you know. Uh, Man on the Moon, you know, oh, the, the song, yeah, with R.E.M., you know, uh, which is all about him. You know, I watched him and then thought to myself, you know, because I was panicking that I was doing this really out there stuff and going, oh, but is this right or wrong? And then I found these people and then I thought, oh, actually, it, it gave me confidence to ca- continue forward. So, but no, I very rarely watch anybody. And it, it's very, very rare for me, if I'm honest, to watch someone I haven't seen and go, it's just usually the same stuff. So I get, I can get, I, I mean, maybe I'm a comedy snob, I don't know, but I, I like pe- people doing different stuff. And, and you know, Andrew's definitely one of those. I've seen a couple of people lately, though, where I've gone, that was good. Yeah, I saw Djembe. Is it Djembe? I can't say his name. What's his bloody last name? He's He does like, a, he's a, like a Nigerian comedian. Oh, Djembe. Oh, Bemi Oladipo. Yeah, I can't... I'm, I'm t- how crap yeah, am I? Yeah, he, um, he rats with me on fantasy football. He's right, brilliant. He is... He, I saw him the other night. He was fantastic. I saw him... Uh, we were at Comedia, and in, not in Brighton, in, ba- in Bath. He in was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. was fantastic. 
and he did all that stuff about the Kama Sutra book and all that and ticking the ticking the stuff. He was he was really really good, really good. So yeah, they were. So we they started are. on the same like the same like few months. We met at like the Cavendish Arms together. We've been friends ever since. I used to think this guy. He came up to me. He was He's very like, serious, isn't he? When you first meet him. Energy, super energetic. And I was like, this guy's a freaking weirdo. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then he went on stage and it was funny. That's what it is. Like, it's almost like footballers as well. When you see a guy and it's like, it could be weird, but when he's good at football, you're just like, I like this guy. Do you know? Yeah. <laughs> I love it when he does that thing all the time on stage. You keep standing this through and he goes, mm-hmm. He goes, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he's got like, this catchphrase. It's not a catchphrase. Mm-hmm. He's really good, Jonathan. You'd like him. He's really when uh, when when I go and see Terry uh, doing gigs, Andrew. People, you know, I say, have you seen uh, people? Have you seen Terry before? And no, no, we've heard all about him. We're really, really looking forward to seeing him. They come up to me <laughs> afterwards and they say, "Oh wow, he's unbelievable, wasn't he? Is he seriously mental?" And I say, <laughs> and I say, absolutely, hundred percent. People will say it to me all the time. You're, you're not, you're not well in the head, are you? I go, are any of us? I have, to, <laughs> you know, I have to say before we come to the end that, you, like, as a commentator, I do try and learn. Even now, right? I've been doing it forty-three years. So the Radio Boys, Radio Five, live in Rome for the Ryder Cup. Well, they're just all exceptional broadcasters, and, you, and I do try and think, well, I, I can make. Yeah, that style, that's interesting. And, you know, they've got, they got people there, the BBC, I hope they realise who they've got. Because Mark Chapman is a broadcasting genius. Alison Bruce Ball, you know, fantastic, wonderful broadcaster. They all, they all are big Johnny Murray and all, the whole team. So I, I do try and learn from them. I don't think you should ever stop learning as a commentator and, and try and pick things up. And there's a, little, there's a little wise word for young commentators in the game coming through now who, one or two of them, I won't mention them by name, but they think they're already there and they're not. Wow. Wow! You heard it from the man himself. You're not mm. there, whoever you are. <laughs> they, Andrew, they know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Andrew, it's so lovely having you on. It's never long enough. That's that's like look at that already. Forty-three minutes shot by. Give our best to your cousin because I think he's a terrific player and will yes. go on and be a star Definitely. at international level. As you will, Andrew. You're gonna people. People don't know Andrew Mensa that yet. They are going to know him. Do you think uh, we'll we progress Terry Orderton and become international stars? No, we'll know? just be doing this no, no, we're for the rest old. of our lives. <laughs> we're past Just go ahead. We'll yeah, be going, yeah. no, we, we had Andrew on our show. Andrew! And he'll be going, no, nah, not now, boys. We'll, <laughs> be, sitting, we'll, we'll, we'll be sitting on I'll a bus. I'll be carrying you later, lads. We'll, 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 <laughs> Andrew, we'll be the ones who are sitting in a bus shelter going, you know, you know that, you know, it's so and so and so and so. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, he's dead now. And yeah. that'll be us. Yeah. with a big picture in the bus stop of, of Andrew new tour and me yeah. going look see there's another one's jumped over me back we'll have no teeth we'll have no teeth we'll be yeah, dribbling no dribbling can't hear uh, that's just don't, today don't forget you can get us on Twitter at JPNT um, and uh, again thanks for listening and thanks Jonathan and thanks to producer Paul the magic man he's going to come in at the end there no okay and uh, of course thank you very much Andrew Mensa. thank you guys appreciate you Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.